Welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. This week on the PR Moment podcast, I'm interviewing Greg Jones, European Chief Executive at Smarts. Smarts has a fee income of approximately £12.5 million and employs 150 people. It's an agency headquartered in Belfast with offices in London, New York, Dublin and Glasgow. Smarts is owned by MSQ. For those of you that don't know, Greg started his career at Shine, before since at Slice, MNC Saatchi Splendid, and finally back to Engine, joining Mischief as creative director um, at first before getting the CEO job in 2019. He left Mischief to join Smarts last November. Just a reminder for those of you that haven't done it yet, the PR Moment Awards early entry deadline is on the 27th of January. So time is ticking on and you can download your, the entry form for the PR Moment Awards from the award site, PRMomentAwards.com. Greg, welcome to the show. Hello, Ben. Nice to be back. It is. I think it might be your third time, which uh, possibly says a lot about you, a bit about me and also <laughs> how long we've been doing these these shows now. But yeah. um uh, on the show today, we're going to be talking uh, about how to future-proof a PR agency. Um, and we'll, I'll give you a chance to, to chat about that in a moment, Greg. But just just to, to all of our listeners out there, what, how come you left Mischief to join Smarts then? Well, I'd had seven fantastic years at Mischief. And as you alluded to, uh, half of which was spent as the creative director and the rest was spent as the managing director. Um, and I absolutely loved the agency loved mischief probably the the only other time i'd felt like i'd had a home at an agency other than shine but i think after seven years uh probably itchy feet uh an ambition to do something different something new uh somewhere that i'd never uh, been before um and to hand over the running of the 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 agency for that next phase of its evolution to to, to someone else to but I leave with with I left with plenty of happy memories of uh, great work, great people, great clients, and a, a really fun environment, which um, uh, is not to be underestimated these days for sure. Right, I, I forget the exact details of the rebranding because PR firms do tend to have a few of those. But in mm-hmm. essence, um, it's become a bit more H- MHP, hasn't it? I think, um, and I suppose the. Uh, but but tell us about Smarts. Go on. What, yeah. What was what yeah. was the draw there? Well, you know, and this is this is not speaking out of turn, and it's certainly something that I would have, uh, have spoken to my uh, my new boss about. But I didn't know much about Smarts when I first heard of the opportunity. But when you dig under the bonnet of the business and you look at the type of clients that we have, the work that we do, the the, the strength in depth of the agency, uh, frankly, the income, which is very impressive. Um, the length of time people tend to stay at smarts it's a really impressive business it's just a business that i guess certainly within the london circles that i've moved in for the 25 years in my pr career there's probably not a, a high enough awareness and, and a big part of me being here is to help drive that awareness yeah i mean i said in my intro 12.5 million fee income um i mean that is not to be sniffed at is it um where... agency. say again 
top 10 consumer agency, number nine, I believe, in terms yeah. of income. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I suppose it comes on a bit to our, our future-proofing the PR agency chat we're about to have, but is that, yeah. how much of that is PR? How much of that is paid? How much is social? I mean, it maybe doesn't matter anymore, but... Um, yeah, yeah. It, it probably doesn't, and we don't tend to dig too deep into that, but certainly a lot of the work that's based out of Belfast is not your traditional, how you would define traditional PR. It's much more... Um, through the line, social influencer, internal comms, uh, content creation, design. And I think, you know, as you say, we will come on to that, but the evolution of uh, PR as a whole is very much reflected in the evolution of smarts as an agency. And the reason why it's fastest growing consumer agency and a top 10 agency in its own right, which, as you say, is not to be sniffed at. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because you actually sort of would going through that, I don't know, content creation, design, internal comms, all that stuff. I mean, that is in, in essence what um, PR firms are trying to build themselves into. And I, I think, to yeah. be fair, have been pretty successful at it, haven't they? I mean, we PR, there's, there's winners and losers in every market. But if yeah. you'd have said to me how well or how quickly will PR evolve into this this new opportunity that frankly it's been given um about five years ago I, i'd have thought that um how pr is now is is pretty close to the best case scenario that of, of how the market would respond i don't know what you think yeah i think so i think i think you're right there are winners and losers and there are those agencies that have grasped those opportunities with both hands and are those that have maybe been a little bit left behind and and so much of it comes down to Client opportunity, you know, can you create the opportunity to, to broaden the type of work you're doing for your clients beyond the box that some clients will put us into? And secondly, is having the right people in place to be able to maximize those opportunities. And if you've got those two things in uh, working together, I think there's nothing, nothing to stop PR agencies uh, taking more of that, um, more from other disciplines, and being able to grow just as just as smarts has been able to grow we'll come on to the because uh, central to this is people and skill sets and, and all that stuff and we'll, we'll come on to that in a moment but mm -hmm. can we just have a little little discussion first up about what we mean by integrated pr or or integrated marketing because mm -hmm. i mean these are phrases that have been banded about for about the last 20 years haven't they um i'm not sure it even means the same now as it did 20 years ago in fact it probably almost certainly doesn't but but, but what are we talking about when we refer to integrated pr today well i wonder if it's even a taking a step back and saying what does pr mean today because i think the, the nature and the description of it has changed significantly over the well, years yeah Whether i mean all, all pr should be integrated i mean that's that's the yeah, absolutely point. Yeah, yeah and maybe that you know that that word integration is actually much more about an integration of expertise and capabilities and talent uh, and the ability to be able to show to clients we have the capabilities to help solve their problems of which they are they have many and, and numerous particularly in, in the current economic climate so being a, a trusted partner but being able to demonstrate that we have experts that can answer the challenges that face them I think is is fundamental to the success of any agencies and the growth you know that's where growth is is really going to come from uncovering those opportunities and and reassuring clients that we can we can support them on what is going to be a very tricky 12 to 18 months i suspect for most clients yeah i would just think about I, I, pondering it before we, we we started um recording this show but i mean integration in a sense if you think about pr as a 
as, as, a, as a sort of vertical, well, as a spectrum, I suppose. You've, you've got consumer PR, you've got yeah. B2B, you've got corporate, yeah. you've got public affairs, you've got financial. Yeah. And you could argue the integrated game is to try and integrate, integrate all of those, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a pretty tough job, to be fair. There's not too many <laughs> firms that have ever managed that. Um, but it's, it wouldn't be a wrong strategy, would it? It's just that it's quite a tough thing to do. Is that uh, yeah. yeah? And and of, you know, obviously that's that's the task currently at the MHP Group. Um, but from a smarts perspective, it was it's less about broadening the the I guess the disciplines. It's more about deepening the expertise within yeah. a consumer uh, through a consumer focused lens. But, but I know that's right for smarts, but you could, you could have that same proposition with it amongst any of those verticals, couldn't you? Yes. So Absolutely. You, yeah. your expertise, yeah. you can apply it to corporate, to B2B, to consumer, yeah. possibly to financial PR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fine. So just talk us through then those expertise areas that you think are really, really important for when agency owners out there are trying to future proof their businesses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? But I think from that's why you're paid the money, Greg. That's why I'm paid the money, <laughs> indeed. Um, <laughs> so, from my perspective, if you think about it, it's largely driven by the briefs that we've been receiving. And it, it, any agency owner worth their salt will know that 95% of the briefs that land across their desk, certainly from a consumer perspective, have a degree of influence and marketing attached to it. So, in, in no great order or priority, Influence marketing capability within a PR agency for me is fundamental in terms of driving growth and future proofing the agency. Absolutely. And presumably you can segment that into paid and uh, earned influencer activity. We've got that within Smarts at MSQ, for instance. So MSQ own walk in media. So the ability to put proper uh, experts in paid social in front of clients is. Is that is an absolute joy as opposed to trying to do it ourselves and doing a kind of a well, well, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because what a lot of PR firms have done pretty successfully, to be fair, um, is teach a PR person how to have paid for media skills, um, or how to have SEO skills, or how to have social skills, um. And that's not necessarily a wrong move, is it? Because you have this body of understanding about public relations and the media and insight and all that, all that, in, all that, what that experience gives you. But are, are you saying there's been a sea change now, and that you have to? It's always better to have um, social first people, um, paid for first people, as opposed to PR people who've had a bit of training. I'll give you an example. Right, one of the last pitches we did at Mischief, and I won't name who it was. Um, Great brand, um, PR and social brief, and we presented. We probably did. We probably ran through the PR and element and the ideas in about twenty minutes, and we spent over an hour on paid social. And to your point, we had someone in that room that was pretty good and kind of knew her stuff, but she was the only one. The rest of us around that table was all a bit awkward and a little bit embarrassing. And she felt the pressure of three clients firing some very specific questions at her. And I'm not saying every single PR pitch you walk into is going to have the same dynamic, but increasingly, I think it is. So I would much rather have at least one or two experts in that room that I know that can answer any questions that some clued up clients can fire at them. 
um, and reassure them of our expertise and capabilities in that area. Because I, I really felt for the one person in that room that we had that, that kind of knew a little bit, but probably not enough. Right. And and then so we so you've made that that point around paid and social. What other elements do you think would be a, a pretty crucial? I mean, I, I'm thinking data and insights, creative. You could apply those same points to those areas yeah. as well, could you? Yeah. And I'd also say that most agencies, again, worth their sort will, will have invested in certainly head of strategy, certainly at least depending on the size of the agency, one creative director, if not a, a creative team. And that's almost become an expectation, I think, of, of yeah. clients these days. I think internal and we, and we should add there because there's a dangerous thing to be too knocking here. But I think part of the reason why PR has frankly grown more than most areas in Marcoms over the last few years is because PR firms have been pretty front minded on that. I don't know whether you'd agree. Totally. I remember when we were at, I was at Shine and, and we we converted one of our ADs into a creative director. This is probably about 10, 15 years ago. And it was unheard of within the industry. Yeah. And now you can't move for creatives as a former creative director myself. But, but that's interesting, actually. So we just explore that creative point because, yeah. um, and look, there's no one way that is, 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 is perfect. Obviously, it just depends on lots of different scenarios. But you made the point around specialist social, paid for social, social um, knowledge. Creative director, let's just take that as an example, because yeah. most of the most successful creative directors in PR come from a PR background not all yeah. and there's definitely yeah. more exceptions to that rule than there were yeah. two years ago three years ago etc cetera, etc cetera. um but I would argue I think still that creativity in PR is a little bit different it's not better it's not worse but it's a little bit different than creativity in advertising in, in terms of the, the the type of creative output that tends to work in an earned first environment so does does your point around specialism and specialist knowledge apply to creativity creativity like it did to paid social or, or is it a bit more nuanced i think the, the the value of a good earned first creative thinker is they're worth their weight in gold because whenever and this is not a slight on advertising but whenever advertising creators try and turn their hand that earned first creativity in my experience it rarely works so it is an absolute skill set that I was okay at. I wasn't as good at it as my successor at Mischief. I'm not as good at it as some of the creators we have at Smarts, because it is a it's it's a real talent and a skill set that is. Yeah. There's lots of creative directors. I don't know how many brilliant ones there are within PR. Right. Um, maybe you could say the same about um, creative directors and advertising. I don't know. Go on. Then. Yeah. And what about data insights? I mean, I think that's possibly we're back to our specialist argument on that one, are we? Yeah. They they tend to come from well, I don't know. I do know some that have come from PR, but a lot of you, there seem to be a few more that have come from outside and have, have crafted yeah. a career for, from within. Yeah, and my experience is that creative directors within PR agencies absolutely need to be earned first and have a, a lot of earned first experience. When it comes to data planning strategy, for me, there was a little looser. You know, I, I, it wasn't so much of a leap from being an advertising planner and strategist into being an earned first. You know, you, to your point, more and more people could make that leap as opposed to making a leap from being an advertising CD into an earned first CD. Right. 
Um, and then, and, and things like community, I suppose that's another yeah. one I was, I was thinking about that earlier. We don't have that many community specialists in PR. I wonder whether that's going to be the next thing that um, we, we see cropping up a bit more. Yeah, and we, we do a lot of community work at Smarts, particularly within um, Diageo. Um, and that grew from quite a small piece of work to, to being a multi-million pound piece of business now. And and community is a big part of that. I'd also put in internal comms as well. Yeah. You know, never been probably more important to keep your staff engaged and excited and informed about the direction of the business. And I think well, internal what, comms has been overlooked a lot. Yeah. I mean, is that literally we're just employing people with internal comms experience, if you see what I mean? Is that is that where we're going from there? Is that the, the crux of that? Or is it, a, a, again, a bit more complicated than that? I think to a certain extent. But, you know, the, the beauty of being a PR agency that has all these expertise and specialisms is you see everything through an earned first lens. And why would you not see internal comms through an earned first lens? And, and what do I mean by earned first lens? I mean, being persuasive, being creative telling a story so not just relaying information flatly around the business but treating your staff as you would treat a media outlet you know you you need to engage and excite and want people to share what it is you're doing and talking about you know done properly your employees become important influencers and advocates on behalf of the business so yes they need to have some degree of experience in uh, internal comms but for me it's much more about can you tell a story can you persuade probably a cynical overworked underpaid workforce to be excited and want to share what it is that the the brand and the business is doing and ultimately want to stay in that brand and business so internal comms i think has been largely overlooked it's never going to be the sexiest work you're ever going to produce but in terms of growth and in terms of future proofing your agency i think it's a it's a great opportunity yeah, I mean, I think historically, and I don't quite know why this is always the case, but it seemed to have a lot of project type income, didn't it, for for yeah, agencies? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that meant that agency CEOs everywhere were, were slightly wary about um, employing very expensive internal comms consultants for yeah. projects that tended to come and go a little bit, um, yeah. which doesn't, you know, from a from a a strategy perspective that doesn't add up. I get, but it, it maybe, but it, it it also didn't add up from a from a. Um, but but hopefully now I think you're right. Internal yeah. comms has come more to the fore. There's probably more. You know, it's not just about change management anymore and all the rest of it. Um, so therefore, there's there's probably a a greater body of work to um, to feed yeah. those internal comms that internal comms um, offer. Um, there's, a, there's a greater need to keep staff excited, motivated, and 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 want to stay on connected anything else Greg or does that kind of cover our specialist um skills element of the conversation I think that's that's it you know and, and as I said it's um if you can create the client opportunity and you have the right people in place to make the most of that opportunity there's no reason why you you can't both grow and, and future-proof your business I mean it sounds simple obviously it's, well, it's always to be more complicated than that and particularly the people piece but, but the, well, the difficulty the difficulty bit of it is making it add up in that in that growth phase, isn't it? Because if you're, you know, if you're smart, sort of got whatever it was, like 12, 12.5 million fee income, you can afford to go and hire these specialists, can't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And frankly, you probably need a few more than one. I mean, I always think if you're only ever hiring one, it's a bit of a lonely, a bit of a lonely place for that per, yeah. for that person. But that's, I guess yeah. that's a practical problem. And as you grow, yeah. you can add to it. Yeah. But there's quite, it, where is that, um, 
you know, financially, as uh, from that fee income perspective, is there a sort of a a ledge you've got to get to so you can start to bring in these expertise? And uh, and I suppose where do you where do you um, prioritize the most? Which one comes first? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, as, as an if I was an agency owner now, I would always prioritize creative first and foremost because. That's partly because you come from a consumer background or you uh, yeah i guess i see it through my lens right I, it's a very subjective perspective but ultimately clients still buy ideas and increasingly outside of consumer clients want to buy ideas so that to me is the the, the fundamental investment in, in any agency and then and i guess to your point it's about each agency recognizing where do they think the growth opportunities can come from because clearly you're not going to invest and chuck money at specialist hires in all of those areas but there will be one or two and then it's a question of bravery and how brave and and i guess financially are you able to invest ahead of the need because it's always really hard to invest on the back foot in people you know winning a piece of social-led business when you might have one person that's capable of doing it and then having to hire very quickly which could take three to six months to find the right people is a challenge so occasionally there are times where you need to bite the bullet and say, well, we're going to invest because we think there's an opportunity here and we don't want to be on the back foot hiring people once we've won the business. So it is tricky. I do get that. And there is no right or wrong answer, particularly now as we go into this year thinking, not sure of the economic climate, how much do we need to cut our cloth accordingly versus how much do we need to zig when everyone else is zagging and take yeah. some risks. And each agency owner will know, only they will know the answer to that. Yeah, but I mean, having said all of that, the sorts of stuff we're just talking about, the, the types of roles we're just discussing are, you know, PR tends to do all right in recessions, doesn't it? It's not, yeah. it's not, I don't, the type of work may well change. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that it might not, it might be, you might have to work a bit harder for it and yeah. and uh, and all the rest of it. But it's, it's, it's rare that PR gets turned off, put it that way, isn't it? In, in, in this yeah. sort of we offer great value for money when done properly. We we proved ourselves during COVID. We not only did we offer great value for money and we were flexible and agile, but we also took a seat more of a seat at the top table because communications became more important than ever. So COVID, for all of its downsides, had some benefits to to the industry. Sure. And the, the challenge is not to mess it up now. The challenge is now <laughs> we've got that opportunity is to make the most of it, and that largely comes down to making sure you've got the the right people in place, strong sure. client relationships. You know me, I'm a, I'm a boxing fan. I'd right. like to say I'm a boxer, but I, I, you know, sparring wasn't for me. But it's, you, have to, you have to know how to both defend and attack, and often at the same time. And I think that's probably quite a good analogy for, for agencies as we go into, into the next 12 to 18 months. But, for but, me, on, but as an agency, what, what does defending look like? Because uh, I, I, I love the analogy, but I don't quite know what it means in practical reality. Okay, I'll tell you. Making sure your basics are in place, making sure that you you are first and foremost delivering against what your clients need, right? Making sure that you're doubling down on client satisfaction for me is is the defensive nature of PR. Of, uh, in terms of extending the metaphor, that is the defensive side, right? Making sure that you've got your your culture straight, making sure that you've got you're looking after your people, that the review process is effective, making sure you're doing your own marketing, all of these things which can sometimes get lost. You hear that, everyone? Doing your own marketing. That's the um, that was the, that was a good one. Greg just pointed out there. Go on, Greg, keep going. <laughs> do, do your own marketing. Absolutely. <laughs> do your own PR. It's a fundamental. But these fundamentals often get lost when we're all chasing bright, shiny things. And don't get me wrong, I love chasing bright, shiny new things. And that is the, I guess, the more uh, going on the offensive 
from a from an agency targeting new business and, and and selling yourself investing in the areas of expertise that you suspect are going to be helpful as you look to grow your business and it's really tricky to do either one or the other and it's tricky to do both but you can't rely in my opinion on just doing one or the other and right. i think that's the most successful agencies will come in the next year or so is the ability to be both um defensive and offensive right and and a key part of the offensive element is this this um this need to integrate your agency and invest in in, in talent and skills just before we go i wanted to, to... Tools. and tools and tools okay and... we'll come on to that actually but the how do you integrate all of that stuff you just talked about before we move on to tools? Because um, I think we all say, yes, Greg, we need data people. We definitely need a bit of creative and social is obviously really important. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe I'm overthinking it, but, but bringing it all together is pretty crucial, isn't it? And it tends to be brought together by client opportunity. That's the way most things get brought together is by the op- other a new business pitch that requires all of those skill sets to come together. Or ideally, it's in the client work that we do. Because you're right, we can all talk about integration, we can all talk about bringing all these things together, but often it's the work that drives that. Because there is a live project, there's a live brief, there's a live need for all those expertise to come together and be integrated. Right. Um, and you mentioned it, tech stack. Um, yes. I mean, it's one of them. I mean, you can go on forever, can't you, buying tech? So so how on earth do you see the wood from the trees? What do you prioritise and all the rest of it? Yeah, data and insights, making sure that you've got a tool to provide those insights because they're fundamental to planners and and, and the, the best insights led to the best creative work. It's a pretty simple equation, but it's true. And then measurement and evaluation, demonstrating the value of what we do, tools that allow us to say, you know, here's what we've done, here's the commercial impact, here's the, the reputational impact. I think they're, they're, they're fundamental. But just saying that, I think that's really, I mean, just that little line you said there is really interesting, isn't it? Because in the, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, PR measurement tools tended to be all around um, printed media or broadcast yeah. media, which yeah. is still, I mean, and those those types of tools have now evolved into incorporating websites and digital, et cetera. But now as PR has increased or broadened its, its, its number of channels that it operates across, so the measurement piece has become far more complicated. And quite often it does need a fair few more tools, doesn't it? It does. And they're not cheap. You know, they do require an investment. And again, back to your point about agency owners and where they're looking to spend these days, you know, it's not every agency is going to be able to invest in the tools that are needed. But if we are to demonstrate our effectiveness, which has always been PR's challenge in the 25 years that I've been in this industry, there's always a need to demonstrate the value of what we bring beyond just a stack of of coverage and that measurement piece will continue to evolve i don't think anyone has quite cracked it yet but certainly compared to even four or five years ago there are many more tools to be able to say you know this is what we've done this is the the impact we've made this is where your money is going please continue to to spend with us yeah but but, i mean that's my point about the uh, as pr uh, starts moving across other channels i mean things like social uh, and paid uh, and seo um those are things that have a more quantifiable measurement yeah. output than earned media used to have aren't they so yeah. in, in a sense i wouldn't say that game's got a bit easier but the the kpis have become a bit clearer 
Yes, and and earned media will, you know, that that print coverage, that full page in the Times or whatever it might be, will always have its value. Not necessarily all the, all the digital equivalent, you know. I mean, you know, that's yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. to a lesser extent, right? Because that, you know, it, I remember ten years ago, I was working on a client, and they're like, "We don't want any print coverage. We only want online coverage." And that was the first time a client ever said that to me. I thought the game has changed, right? Ten years on, print coverage is still valued as highly as ever because of the scarcity of it. Because it means if you're in there. 10, 20 of your competitors probably aren't in there. So there is a that will never go away, never should it. We should never lose sight, I think, as PR agencies and PR professionals on the power of that earned coverage. But it's obviously now one part of a much wider mix. And we, we have had to evolve, rightly so, both in terms of the capabilities, but also how we measure our work. But nothing lose, I will never lose the buzz of seeing my client in print with a positive news story sure never going to go away for me anyway uh, and just to just to finish on the that integration point uh, i suppose by the if you bought in the various um skill sets around creative and data and social and paid the temptation is to try and keep adding a vertical sector expertise to your offer isn't it because then you can take advantage of those 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 skill sets you like in in different markets and and that's where the scalability of the agency world starts starts really adding up and you start making proper money yes yes or you simply focus on going deeper into your own particular you know there are there are different ways of cutting it and i think both of them are valid you know i'm i'm i will always see things through a consumer lens it's what i've been brought up on it's what i feel passionate about but i do understand the opportunity to extend and, and increase those disciplines in line with the the expertise, the tools that are in place in the agency. There are many routes to growth, I think is what we're both saying here. I think on that note, we'll, we'll finish <laughs> on, that, on, that, note. On, on that completely positive note. <laughs> um, Greg Jones, European Chief Executive at Smarts. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.